Hello and welcome to the One Trust Talks Tech podcast. This is episode number two, recorded on May 22nd, 2023. My name is Roger Dean and I work on the product team here at One Trust and I will be acting as the host of this podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking to our VP of product, Adam Rakowski, about seasonal releases. After that, I will be reviewing what was released in the May 2023 release, which is our spring seasonal release. Just a quick reminder, this podcast reflects OneTrust's current expectations for product capabilities. Be advised that dates and features may be subject to change and should not be relied upon when making purchase decisions. Before we get started, I just wanted to let everyone know about our hands-on labs. We have a set of labs that are available to you at no cost to test out features in the product. There are several labs per product area where you are provided with a step-by-step guidance on how to set up a specific function or feature. You can access the labs by going to labs.onetrust.com. However, you will need to log in using your My OneTrust account. My suggestion is to sign on to My OneTrust and then go to labs.onetrust.com, click on the login button, and it will single sign on you into the labs environment. From here, you can pick the product area you want to take a lab, select the lab, and click the start button, and you will then, then be into the lab. Okay, now we're going to move on to the fun stuff uh, and talk to Adam Rakowski. Adam is the vice president of product here at OneTrust. Uh, he's my boss, and he uh, runs all the product team here at OneTrust. So today we're going to talk to him about seasonal releases. Welcome to the podcast, Adam. Thanks, Roger. Happy to be here. Um, so let's let's dive right into seasonal releases. I've talked to a lot of people about it. And I know you have as well. But just to kind of cover the basics, kind of what what are we trying to solve with seasonal releases, and, and why are we doing this? Yeah, good question. So in a lot of my conversations with customers, there's usually a recurring theme. Everyone seems to believe in our vision for trust intelligence, and they advocate for us to drive adoption across trust domains. For example, privacy customers have always championed connecting us into marketing, InfoSec, GRC, other domains. InfoSec helps open doors with ethics and ESG, but everyone needs help. They have trouble keeping up with the pace of change and innovations in our platform. We've spent the last six and a half years releasing every three weeks, but they need more time to train their teams, update docs, and evangelize across their organization. So we started to align to a quarterly release process to help our customers and our field teams and our partners understand what's coming and ultimately help drive adoption and realize value from what we build and release on our platform. So how would that manifest itself? I mean, that sounds awesome. And I hear the same thing from customers. Is I just can't keep up three weeks, every three weeks, I got to test, I got to update my docs. So how are how is that going to manifest itself moving forward? Like how are customers going to be able to see the new features and, and how will that whole process kind of work? So moving forward, we'll, we'll launch all major features, things like new modules. They'll come out as part of these seasonal releases. Uh, meanwhile, we'll still continue to push updates every three weeks, keep that cadence up. Uh, but those will be for minor changes, improvements, fixes, and the bigger changes to customers' experience, like new modules, as I mentioned, will be generally available at a more predictable cadence as part of these seasonal releases. Um, you'll, you'll also see, and customers will also see the opportunity to, I mean, we'll, we'll start to soft launch certain features as preview features in between these releases, but they won't, that'll be for an opt-in process. We'll talk a little more about that, but that will allow our customers to test things before they're generally, generally available, but on a smaller, on a smaller impact. So the benefit to the customer really is the fact that they'll get to see these bigger features sooner as, as a preview and opt-in to play with them, maybe in a UAT or whatever. And, 
Um, am I missing something? What other benefits do you, do you think they'll see with this? Yeah, so this process allows us to formalize that preview feature process. We'll even go a step further and, and continue what we call early access programs and align them to this release. So that allow us to stay agile, stay focused, but really ensure a smaller set of customers, the ones that are interested in being on the bleeding edge, can, can adopt those features. But for everyone else, it will make change management more predictable. That's the biggest benefit. Yeah. And so it'll help the early adopters have more time to test features and give feedback, but also allow the uh, larger, the more general public of customers adopt on a more regular basis. Right. And I think I've heard you say before is customers are like, you're coming at me too fast, but don't slow down on the innovation on my, my specific features. So this kind of is the best of both worlds, right? We can do do kind of both. That's right. Yeah. And everybody, I do hear them say the two things and, you know, and, and it allows us to stay fast, uh, stay focused. The, the, the world is changing. Regulatory environment is changing fast. So we're able to get those out as rapidly as possible. But the things that are going to impact customer experience will help. The other benefit is another key theme from our customers is we need more consistency across modules. And so as, as we are innovating in one trust domain, we're, we're, we're building new platform capabilities. Every day we're building new platform capabilities across our domains. These things can help not just a privacy customer operationalize compliance, but the same capability helps InfoSec and VRC. It will help with ESG. These capabilities that we build in this release cadence will give us more time to drive adoption more broadly across the platform. So that value can be realized for all customers, not just ones using certain modules, and drive better consistency. Give us more time to build in the consistency. Right. And so when you when you say consistency, you mean like this dropdown acts the same in the privacy product as it does in the GUC product, or this this uh, this template is the same. That that's what you're meaning by that. That's right. And the other example is workflow. Right. As we built out workflow across our modules, there's been inconsistencies in what level of rules are available, right. uh, what capabilities are there, and just building better consistency. That's actually a major focus of us as we go down this roadmap this year, and I can talk a little more about that as well. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Um, and I guess more specifically, when when will we be re-releasing these seasonal releases? You mentioned quarterly. Is it like typically going to be the first month of the quarter, last month? How is that going to work out? Yeah, so we have our releases mapped out for the rest of the year. Our next release uh, will be the, our summer mm -hmm. release, rolling out in August and probably into September. And as we wrap 2023, we'll wrap up with a fall release starting in October and into November. Okay. So those are the next two releases we'll have this year, and we'll continue that cadence in the, in the coming years. So typically, it's going to be the first release after the end of our quarter. We're on the February to January court, uh, system. So after we, at the end of Q2, which is end of July, the first release will be the seasonal release. That's right. As we drop code, right now it's every three weeks. Right. As we do that, these features are turned off and we'll use these releases as a time to turn on the major features for Got everybody. It. Yep. Yep. Um, so I, I think this is building a great foundation on how we do these releases. What are some of the other additional enhancements that, you know, you see resulting from or coming out of doing this uh, this preview feature and this seasonal release? Another key benefit is it helps make our roadmap 
easier to understand, easier to digest. Yeah. Uh, that's as you know, that's another recurring theme with our customers. Absolutely, you just with customers, right? In Europe, yep. Uh, everyone needs better visibility into our roadmap, and usually this means two things. One, it means what are we planning on doing? What what's the strategy and vision for the platform over the next twelve, twenty four, thirty six months? But it also means when are the things I'm asking for as a customer? When are my feature requests or my improvements? When are those coming? And uh, so we're working on this in two fronts. Uh, and as you know, Roger, you're driving a lot of yep. these things. Uh, we've updated our ideas portal. to uh, We added a new organization tab, a small change, but helps move in this direction, helps our customers see when their requests, their feature requests, their ideas are coming in a more subset of the broader set of requests across our customer base. Um, and what, But what customers haven't quite seen yet is how we're training our teams to better engage with customers through this portal. So as we align these features to those releases, we'll have better updates in the portal to our customers. And using it, we have a huge opportunity to use that as a better engagement tool with our customers. Yeah, and just so so everyone knows, Adam and I have been working on a a public roadmap page on the ideas portal, which will link ideas to actual features in the product and roadmap. So we hope to have, I know we've been saying this for about a year now, but it's, it's, I think it's really coming as we, we hope to have that out within the next uh, quarter here, end of, end of Q2, beginning of Q3. That's exactly right. And so the, those small changes on the ideas portal will get even bigger as we extend upon the, the public roadmap that you, you helped launch and we're, we're putting out there with the, not just the videos, but more features within the, the portal, the aha portal, the ideas portal to start integrating what's coming when and seeing that roadmap more, more clearly. Um, and later this year, you'll start to see that in the app itself. So inside of the OneTrust app, being able to see the planned features that are available um, and building self-service capabilities to test some of those features, especially when they're in the preview stage. Mm-hmm. So a lot of great things we'll have. You might have seen this in other, other platforms. It's going to be really great for our customers to help us stay ahead, help us push, give us the feedback, and give the transparency that our customers want when it comes to how we're, how we're building and enhancing our platform. Yeah, I think that's huge, and uh, people should really pay attention to that when it comes because I've heard you know it takes forever if I want to see this preview feature turn on in my environment, and now coming later on this year, that will be all done self-service, and customers can go in and they can see the preview they can see the feature, read about what it's about, and then they can like turn it on in a UAT tenant or something and play with it, see what it's like. And if they don't like it, turn it off. And and also there's a provide feedback. Someone asked me the other day, a customer said, how can I provide feedback? There's a nice little provide feedback button right on there. It'll go straight to the product managers. That's right. And a lot of these things we're doing today, it's just not as obvious. As we rolled out global search in the last six months, if when you perform to search, some of the customers can opt into that. Yep. And today that goes through a high-touch experience working with your CSM or working uh, through your account executive. Uh, but when we turn on that feature and it's enabled in your tenant, we do ask, how did we do? Did we find? Did you find what you're looking for in that search? That feedback comes to us. That helps us refine the product as part of that preview cycle. What we're doing here is just making that more formal and consistent across right. the new capabilities we're adding in the roadmap in this release process. Right. Really looking forward to that. That's going to be awesome. Um, let's wrap up with maybe some new things that you'd just like to mention that are coming. I know we've got a couple really big platform type 
features that are coming with navigation and maybe roles and things like that. Do you want to touch on those just a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and in Q1, we've, we've, we've made some good improvements as well. And in spring release, I know you'll talk about some of the big highlights, but also there's been some, a ton of improvements in the, in the interim releases this quarter to help with customer experience pain. Simplified permissions, assessment review time can be reduced mm. greatly. Some of the enhancements we made. And a lot of it was around workflow and improved workflow. Right. Uh, our goal in Q1 was to chip away at some of those asks and, and feature requests, and we'll continue that going into Q2. But summer, our summer release will have a bigger dedicated focus around some of these improvements, uh, starting with overhauling the way our roles and permissions are being managed, making it easier to manage I think that's, that's a big ask, right? I mean, a lot of people have, have given feedback on our roles and how hard they are to use and things like that, right? Yeah, exactly. We, we've had a flexible rules, uh, roles and permissions RBAC control. Uh, what's, what happens with that flexibility is if a role that a customer needs isn't out of the box, they'll create a custom role. And that, you know, to be honest, that's great for the flexibility, but those are harder to maintain yeah. over time. Yeah. Puts the onus on the customer to maintain the permissions associated with their roles as we add new features. What we're doing is one, making it easier to manage those custom roles, but more importantly, having better out-of-the-box roles to help with read-only views and and uh, to avoid creating custom roles to begin with. Yeah. And a big focus will be enabling our teams and our customers on how to use that, and that'll be a big part of our summer release. That makes sense. Yeah, and I hadn't really thought about that, but we're adding so many features so quickly. You create a role to do one thing, and then three or four or five features get added in that same area, and, and the role isn't isn't set to address those new features. So have to go back and maintain that role. So, yeah, that could be a problem. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, our goal in that is to find a good way to map what you've created as a custom role into some of these new roles we've created to get on the happy path there. And right. so more to come, I think there's some of that's available in preview. If you're interested in learning more, um, you can reach out to your CSM account, account exec. Um, feel free to contact me as well if you, um, and I, we can help. Sounds great. Yeah, I know that's going to be huge. Well, thanks, Adam, so much for, for uh, joining the podcast. I really appreciate it. And um, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, Roger. Thanks for doing this. Excited to be here, and uh, good luck with the rest of the show. Thank you so much. Right. Thanks. Bye. Before we dive into the specific details of each product, I want to just briefly summarize what the high-level use cases were that we addressed in this release. The first use case is around responsible use of data throughout the data lifecycle. We are constantly enhancing our privacy management, data discovery and governance, and consent and preference solutions in order to enable regulatory agility and responsible use of data. To that end, we are making our data discovery more intelligent by using machine learning to identify documents with sensitive data, such as resumes. Powerful classification capabilities identify data by its content and structure, such as sensitive data within a resume, and automatically apply a retention or deletion period. Another aspect of this use case is all about streamlining privacy by design, meaning that companies will consider privacy when starting any new project. We are doing this by introducing a new projects inventory item, as well as a new privacy by design template. In addition, we have updated our cross-border transfers tracking, managing an ability to evaluate data transfers by adding a new map to visualize transfers. Finally, we have updated our consent management by adding the ability to import historical data and capture new records of consent using forms or APIs, as well as integrate consent-based activation across various systems, such as Adobe Experience, and Telium. 
The second high-level use case is managing risk and compliance at scale. We have expanded frameworks for certification automation where we now offer 31 frameworks across privacy and security. In our third-party risk exchange, we are adding multiple data sources to pull information in about the companies you are partnered with or doing business with. Data sources such as supply wisdom, hack notification, security scorecard, risk recon, data guidance, and ISS corporate solutions are a few of the providers we are working with to enhance our third-party risk exchange. We now have the ability to leverage HR data for workflows in OneTrust disclosure management. You can now use HR data to intelligently route disclosures to different workflows and automate the assignment of approvers within those workflows. This ensures that disclosures are sent to the appropriate individuals at the appropriate time. Finally, we've added beneficial owner screening to third-party due diligence to address regulations such as OFAC 50% rule. The new linked entities functionality allows customers to add and screen beneficial owners against sanctions list and adverse media concerns. Okay, now let's cover the details of what we just released in our spring 2023 seasonal release. Starting with Data Catalog, we've added a new seeded classification tag for redundant, obsolete, or trivial data, or ROT. This classification can be used to classify data that is considered to be redundant, obsolete, or trivial. We've also added a new classification tag called Digital Certificate Tag. This allows users to identify data that is sensitive in nature to verify the identity of a device or user and enable encrypted connections. Some other new tag types are resume, legal contract, and SEC filing. These are used to tag a document that may have an associated retention or security policy. Finally, we've added a new seeded create glossary term action in the integrations workflows. This allows a user to provide the necessary request parameters and trigger workflows to create the term with all the provided attributes. Moving on to cooking and scent, you now have the ability to manually archive scans. This enables you to archive scans outside of the automatic archival process and to review the results of manually and automatically archived scans after archival. In addition, we've added global privacy platform configuration or GPP configuration. You can now configure your consent management platform to honor GPP when configuring geolocation rules. This enhancement enables you to identify your CMP to end users as GPP compatible. In data mapping automation, we've added two new features. The first one is a big one. It's the enhanced contextual inventory relationships, where you're able to view enhanced details on inventory relationships using the new related tab on the inventory details screen. Um, in this advanced uh, relationships, you can do a whole bunch of things. Please refer back to the release notes, but just to point out a couple of them is you can define the direction of the relationships between inventories, which is big, and you can uh, also customize the relationship attributes. So be sure to check that out on the release notes for all of those new, uh, new features that you can do. The second thing in data mapping automation is projects inventory available. This is the um, inventory item that I mentioned earlier on where we've added the projects inventory. You can utilize the new projects inventory to establish an organizational methodology for relating features or products with privacy by design as a focus. Okay, looking at PIA and DPI automation, three new features here. We have the first one, inventory relationship attribute questions. Here you can create and define inventory to inventory relationships via assessment questions. This enhancement enables you to identify data elements on inventory to inventory relationships. Second feature is launch assessments on data transfers. 
You now have the ability to launch assessments directly on data transfers when using the data transfers and contextual relationships feature in data mapping automation. This enhancement enables you to quickly and easily assess the compliance status of transfers and identify any gaps in your process that require attention. The final new feature in PI and DP automation is the project's inventory object is available here as well. So we'll see this across all the different products that we uh, provide. Okay, now for campaigns, we've added a new feature, rule-based groups and HR data. This is where you can bring your human resources information system data into OneTrust for enhanced targeting of employees using rule-based groups. From campaigns, an administrator can decisively distribute action items to recipients based on employees' HR data profile. In the QRA and vendor portal, we have uh, new internal notes now available. We added internal notes to any question within an answer library using the new internal note field and when updating entries in bulk. With this enhancement, users can add internal notes to a question that will not be visible to a customer. Within the mobile and CTV OTT consent area, we've added a couple new features. One is the new global privacy platform or GPP configuration where you can configure your iOS and Android SDKs to honor GPP when configuring geolocation rules. We've also added uh, switch user profiles upon SDK launch to the Rope uh, platform where you can leverage the switch user profile API for new user profiles. In consent and preference management, we've added three new features. The first is deploy OneTrust embedded web form via CMP. So this is where, this is pretty cool, where you can deploy the OneTrust embedded web forms created within the consent and preference management module using the cookies script published from the cookie consent module. So if customers are already running the cookie consent module, or if you're already running the cookie consent module, you can now deploy the um, embedded web forms with no additional coding required. Uh, country code validation is the next feature. Uh, country code values are now required and validated for phone number, data element types when interacting with one trust hosted web form collection points. The last new feature is manually create data subject groups. So you can um, create data subject groups directly within the application using the create group button on the data subject groups screen. This enhancement allows you to manually define parent-child relationships between existing data subjects to group the parent data subjects with the child data subjects for which they have authority to provide consent. Now let's look at third-party risk exchange and third-party risk management. For third-party risk exchange, we have a couple new features. The first is that Hack Notice Newsfeed is now available, so you can view the Hack Notice Newsfeed on the Overview tab of the Vendor Details screen. With this enhancement, users can easily view data breaches and leaks reported via official channels on the specific vendors. You can also now show or hide data partners. You can choose the data partners that are visible in the exchange using the new Select Data Partners setting in Global Settings. The setting allows users to add and remove the data partners that appear in the exchange. In third-party risk management, we've got a few new features. Uh, the first is view attribute activity. Here you can view the activity history on numerical single select attributes using the context menu on the attribute detail screen. This feature allows users to track all changes and updates made to the attribute. Second feature is edit attribute options, where you can edit engagement attribute options on the Options tab of the Attribute Detail screen using the Context menu on the Option key. This feature allows users to edit the Option key for the following attribute types, Single Select, Multi-Select, and Numerical Single Select. 
The third new feature is task collaborators and deadlines. You can now add task collaborators and deadlines when configuring stage rules for vendors and engagements to create risk. This enhancement allows users to add collaborators to help the assignee complete the task and to set a deadline by which the task must be completed. The final new feature in third-party risk management is add engagement attributes to notification emails. So here you can add system and custom engagement attributes as dynamic variables on emails when configuring engagement workflow stage rules. This allows users to add dynamic variables to the subject and body of the email in send notification workflow stage rule actions. In data discovery, a couple new features. The first one is the Azure automated deployment for worker nodes. This enables customers to independently handle the worker node installation without cluster setup knowledge, which promotes a simpler onboarding experience and reduces implementation time. I know this is a big deal for a lot of people who deploy worker nodes to Azure. Um, we've managed to automate this process, so it makes it much, much simpler for the deployment of these worker nodes. The second feature is telemetry collection for worker nodes. This allows the it allows OneTrust to monitor and collect information about the health of the worker node and troubleshoot based on identified errors. This optional feature is enabled during guided installation as part of the worker node's advanced options, or it can be enabled for existing worker nodes in the Configurations tab in the Worker Details screen. The last area of the product with updates is Settings and Administration. We've added the new self-service method for OneTrust signed certificates for SSO. So beginning with this last release, the 2023.05.1.0 or the spring release, OneTrust signed certificates for single sign-on can be downloaded directly from the single sign-on screen within global settings in the OneTrust application. One also note about this is that the upcoming renewal of the OneTrust signed certificates for SSO and the 24 hours until renew renewal uh, email templates have been added to notify the users and user groups of designated within the notification recipient field when new OneTrust signed certificates are generated and when OneTrust will renew the signed certificate within 24 hours, respectively. Okay, and that wraps it up for all of the new features in the May 2023 seasonal um, spring seasonal release. Thanks for listening to that entire podcast. Uh, I know there was a lot there and a lot to dig in from all the different products that we've got. I appreciate the time. Special thanks to Adam Rakowski for joining this week and giving, some, giving us some insight into why we're doing seasonal releases and um, what's the process. Just a uh, quick reminder that next week's podcast will come out on May 30th, the Tuesday, because May 29th is Labor Day, or sorry, Memorial Day in the United States. So we'll be on holiday and um, we should coming out with the next podcast on May 30th. Looking forward to talking to you then. Thanks again for listening. If you have any feedback at all for me on the podcast, whether it's a comment or just general feedback or a request for a guest or a topic to be covered, please don't hesitate to email us at podcast at one trust .com. Again, that's podcast at one trust .com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>